You're listening to the MoneyWeb Now podcast series with Simon Brown. Live streamed every weekday at 6.30 a.m. Friday, 16 February, Japan and UK both move into technical recession. That's two quarters negative GDP growth. I'm Simon Brown coming at you live and loud from the MoneyWeb Global Headquarters in Johannesburg, South Africa. On the show today, Wayne McCurry from F&B Wealth and Investments. Uh, we got Blue Label, we got NAMPAC trading updates, South 32 results. I also want to touch on that recession story with them. Uh, Jabir Bota, he of course from KPMG. Next week's budget, Wednesday. Set what six o'clock, seven o'clock. Uh, question is, uh, are we going to see tax increases? Uh, and then some thoughts for me on write downs. Uh, everyone always says they're not cash and written down. Yes, but they were when purchased. The show is brought to you by Stanlib. Visit stanlib.com to get in touch with one of their investment specialists. Stanlib Asset Management is an authorized financial services provider. Morning headlines from MoneyWeb. These metros profit the most from selling you electricity. From the big five, trading margin is near. Nearly 30% in two of them. Yeah, we're looking at you, Joburg and Cape Town. Business Day, new CEO to lead Coca-Cola's mega JSC listing. This got uh, delayed back a couple of years ago, but the CEO comes in in April and apparently top priority get listed. Morning markets, US was green, S&P up 0.6, NASDAQ up 0.2%. Over in the east, it is mixed. Sydney down a third. Tokyo up 0.9%. Hong Kong up 1.5%, while Tencent is down 0.2%. Commodities, all all green. Gold, uh, 2016. Brent, 82.84. Platinum, 903. Palladium, 948. Rand, 18.96. Bitcoin, 52,200. And top 40 opening call, green open, but 240 points or a third of a percent higher. MoneyWeb now on the money. Also available on podcast. Chatting now with uh, Wayne McCurry from FNB Wealth and Investments. Wayne, let's t- kick off with that South 32 result. I mean, revenue down 14%, earnings off 93%, guidance lowered. Uh, not a surprise. I mean, a tough set of numbers, but we're in that part of the, the commodity cycle. You and I have spoken about it many times over the last year or so. Uh, prices are under pressure. It's tough for the miners. It definitely is. And, you know, these bad results coming out, we see it from the platinum companies. Earnings also down you know, 50, 80, 90%. It's actually quite normal. You shouldn't expect yeah. anything different from it, but it doesn't It doesn't stay that way forever. I mean, yeah. literally, the whole COVID uh, crisis that we faced, all those payments made by the government was actually paid for by excess mining profits during the good part of the cycle. Yeah, yeah, we were getting, what, $150 billion of excess money for the minister. Yes. Neil Frontman from, from Sabania last week said uh, PGMs, most notably Palladium. He was saying it had bottomed in price. I, I, I mean, it, your sense, I mean, my sense is it does bottom at some point. Calling it is perhaps braver than I am. Yeah, look, where the bottom is, who knows. But what we do know is it has fallen precipitously. Mm-hmm. And it is more or less at the level now that it's been at at previous bottoms. So, you know, we are definitely in bottom territory. That I'll, that, that <laughs> I'll, that I'll agree with you on. But when it turns and at what level it turns, you don't know. Yeah, yeah. It's there somewhere, but it's the when. NAMPAC, uh, uh, a trading update for the quarter. I mean, a new team in there, a big turnaround, a, a giant rights issue. I thought looking not bad. I mean, a long way to go, but but moving in the right direction. 
I would think so. I mean, when I when I started the investments, Namtech and Console were blue chips. Yeah, yeah. You know, they were absolute blue chip companies, and we all know the drama that Namtech has gone through. And they're still divesting. I mean, they still got a few problems to sort out, but it looks better. But there's going to have to do a lot more convincing, I think, before the market will actually start to take notice again. Yeah, and another one for convincing is is Blue Label. You know, and and yes. you know, once the darling of the market, uh, if we exclude one-offs, Hips is going to be down twenty-three percent. The market kind of moves on from them and says, you know, we want to see some proof first, perhaps. Yes. Yeah, look, I mean, when you think of catastrophes, this is one of them. This was a highly successful company that they went into sell C, mm. and they're still battling, quite frankly. So, yeah. but yes, um, the share price went up slightly on on the uh, announcement there. I want to. I may set up top uh, Japan, UK, both into technical recession. Two quarters of negative GDP. It wasn't by a lot, but but it was still that technical point. It is. I mean, aside from the US, and I want to touch on that in a second. I mean, Europe, in particular, Japan. Those economies. It, it is. It is tough. It is. It is hard out there, and and we're going to see some recessions. I mean, Germany avoided it, but but only just. Yeah. Look, what else do you expect from such a massive in a period of such a high rate? hike in interest rates. I mean, you had you had a decade of, call it zero, interest rates effectively. Yeah. And now you've got a very steep increase. I'm surprised the economies have fared so well. And, you know, as you said, we talk about the U.S., especially the U.S. That's, uh, the U.S. Has, has been strong. Jobs data strong. Just strong data coming out. We saw poorish U.S. inflation data earlier in the week. It wasn't a disaster. It, it, truthfully, I think it was just not as good as the market had hoped for. Mm. And this is the hard part of the getting inflation down. It's that last little bit to the target. Yeah. Look, I think the market's overreacted to inflation. I mean, the previous month, it was worse by 0.1 of a percent. And mm. the last month, it's worse by 0.2 of a percent. I mean, these are not dramatic numbers. But the market clearly didn't like it. And, of course, the big jobs number, the last one that came out, although this week's weekly job claims is actually lower than expected. So, yeah, um, we left you, we left you see the, 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 the jury is still out as to when rate cuts are going to happen. But the point is rate cuts are going to happen. Yeah, yeah. The, the the debate is not the will, though. The debate is the when. Looking at US, I mean, the US market's trading at all-time highs. Is the economy, is your sense that the economy is as strong as that? Or has it sort of been the economy, US economy, I mean, I would not call the US economy weak by any stretch, but mm. is it as strong as markets are doing? Or is this a disconnect we get between Wall, uh, Wall Street and Main Street from time to time? Look, Wall Street is clearly looking ahead. Our market's not, but Wall Street's looking mm-hmm. ahead to lower interest rates there underlying economy and more specifically the long bond rate doesn't support the equity markets at these levels but there are two supports the one you mentioned lower interest rates coming mm-hmm. and secondly corporate profits have been good yeah yeah I, I, I was looking at some of the magnificent seven not tesla but the others a lot of those moves in the share price microsoft and the like actually yeah. underpinned by profit this isn't it's evaluation profit. yeah not evaluation expansion at all just our profits yeah. working through we'll leave it there wayne mccurry uh, fmb wealth and investments appreciate the early morning time your money knows it's not just about the money it's about your returns returning the favor and empowering people your money can do more to change the narrative Beyond delivering consistent returns, investing in the Stanlib Kanisa Impact Investment Fund can help eradicate poverty and protect the environment. Invest for more impact at stanlib.com forward slash more.
Stanley Bassett Management is an authorised financial services provider. MoneyWeb now on the money. I'm chatting with Jabir Butter, Executive Director and Head of Tax and Legal in Southern Africa at KPMG. Jabir, appreciate the time today. Budget next week, a tough budget for the minister. We've got state-owned enterprises with all sorts of needs. We've got an election just around the corner and, of course, a pile of debt. And we don't have the bonanza we had when commodity prices were at record levels, what, uh, two or three years ago? Absolutely correct. I think this is one of the minister's most difficult budgets, in particular because of the economic downturn, the struggles that households have overall, and also the energy crisis, which just compounds the need for more revenue, the need to address the energy crisis. And the question and the big question is, where will we get this revenue from? Yeah. And the question to where do we get it from? He must be contemplating tax increases, surely? I think he does. But as you correctly said, it's an election year. So the problem with the election year is that you don't want to, and I doubt that he will make any dramatic or drastic or major and controversial mm-hmm. announcements. So you will look at getting revenue from where it is less controversial and where, in my view, I think where we will get the revenue from is, first of all, when you look at the current tax system, there are three specific taxes that brings in about 80% of -hmm. the tax revenues. The one is personal income taxes. I do not believe that there will be any adjustments to personal income taxes. However, having said that, I do believe that the minister might look at not adjusting for scope Uh, creep and brackets and also maybe taking away the medical aid credits. Both of those would certainly bring in the 15 billion that he said he would require in addition. I do not believe that there will be any changes in the corporate tax rate, in particular where the corporate tax rate is high in comparison to the world, and we've seen the corporate tax rate reduce. Mm-hmm. That rate can increase. However, that is a social and political minefield. One percent increase in your VAT rate will bring in an additional 24 billion, but it will have an impact on poorer households and certainly not accepted by the general public. I take your point on that. A VAT increase in an election year seems almost out of the question. I agree with you. It's going to be sort of small tinkering, a bracket creep, as you say. Just don't change the bands by the inflation rate. I mean, he could do some other smaller things, CGT perhaps, maybe even dividend withholding tax. Or are those just too small to really make a material impact? Look, in a time of need, any small bit will certainly (laughs) help. I definitely think that, you know, from a withholding tax perspective, you could look at that. The problem is you do want to incentivize foreign investment. And Mm -hmm. as soon as you start increasing withholding tax rates or you start messing with a corporate tax rate, you do mess with potential foreign investment. So I doubt that he would look at that. Certainly, there is a possibility for him to introduce wealth tax and even increase the inclusion rate for CGT more for individuals. So there are opportunities there. I don't think that that's where the big money will come from, but every bit helps. I take your point. In a tough budget, those little bits, when you're doing a family budget, little 100 rand here, 100 rand there can make a bit of a difference. You mentioned the energy crisis. We've also got a logistic crisis. You know, there's a lot of talk. You must give a giant bailout for Transnet. The money just isn't there for that, surely. Yeah, unless there's a dramatic or major increases or changes in the budget, it's going to be very difficult to bring in the types of money that we need in order to balance 
the books. Now, in order to balance the books, you bring in either additional revenue or you have mm-hmm. to cut some expenses somewhere. And I think that is the other element and place where our minister will have to look at is where can he cut costs and expenditures. In particular, our debt burden. I mean, 20 cents in every rand that we earn from tax revenues goes directly to our interest bill, which is huge. There is massive cost around social grants. And then, you know, the looming NIH, National Health Insurance, that is proposed to come in, also needs funding. I take your point. And those are areas, I mean, he can't touch on health, he can't touch on social grants. But again, maybe he could do some tweaking around, I'm thinking, uh, policing, education. Both departments that desperately need the money, but again, maybe just some tweaking there to sort of you know, pull some revenue out. Absolutely. And I think the tweaking could also be in the wage bill, which I don't know if that is something that he will look at, maybe just an inflationary increase, but we will only see that later in the year. So I do believe that if you can curb some of the expenses, the need to increase dramatically taxes is lessened. Last point, being the finance minister in this environment is tough. I'm old enough to remember the days of Trevor Manuel and surpluses and reducing personal tax and giving everyone an aloe in the House of Parliament. We do, however, it's a tough budget. We do have a good finance minister, is my sense. He's going to push back on his colleagues in cabinet who want to spend. I absolutely agree with you. I think we've got a very strong finance minister. I think he wants to do the right thing and he is going to do the right thing not afraid of making the tough decisions, not afraid of introducing things. I do think that he is going to put a lot of pressure on our revenue authorities to look more at compliance, Mm -hmm. look more at collections, tax collections, and then certainly carry on with the modernization project that we've seen the revenue authorities is doing, improving on technology, increasing audits, increasing more disputes, and certainly focusing on non-compliant taxpayers in order to collect the taxes, which could be the soft underbelly. Yeah, I take your point. SARS is way better than it was five years ago, but there's still potentially opportunity there. Jabe Bota, Executive Director, Head of Tax and Legal in Southern Africa at KPMG. Appreciate the time today. That's our poll today. LinkedIn and Twitter. Budget, 2 o'clock Wednesday. We're surely going to see new tax increases. I suppose the point is where. And and, and as uh, Jabir said there, some of them are going to be maybe small, but when you're in a tight spot, small matters. Uh, We're asking you, what do you think around the minister and taxes and the budget? Have your vote, have your say, LinkedIn and Twitter. Your money knows that reaching new heights means turbulence. But what if you don't have to feel it? Our partnership with J.P. Morgan Asset Management gives you access to a broad range of global strategies. So when you invest in Stanlib's Global Multi-Strategy Diversified Growth Fund, your money can withstand the ups and downs caused by market fluctuations. Seek more returns at stanlib.com forward slash more. Stanlib Asset Management is an authorized financial services provider. MoneyWeb now on The Money. So I want to talk about write-downs this Friday. Uh, we saw Kuro recently some 300 million. We saw British American Tobacco uh, last year, 25 billion pounds. What's that? Uh, half a trillion czar. And there's always the, ah, oh, but it's fine. This is a non-cash issue. Well, okay, sure. But I suppose first, why do they need to do these write-downs? Well, they, they build or buy an asset in the case of Kuro. They built the schools in the case of British American Tobacco. They went and bought uh, uh, Reynolds and they spend the money. 
And then what that asset is doing is not delivering on expected returns. This is important because that buying or building part of the process costs money and that sits on the balance sheet at that price paid and therefore sits as an asset because, well, you bought it, you built it, it is literally an asset. This then boosts the equity in a business. Now, remember, equity is assets less liability. So you've got these higher assets because of what you build. Let's stick with the British American Tobacco example. You bought Reynolds for billions and billions, tens of billions of, of, of pounds, and now it sits in your balance sheet, but you're not getting the return. So your equity number is higher. Assets less liabilities is equity. Then You've got your return in equity and other metrics around equity, and suddenly your return in metric on equity looks poor, right? Because you've got this giant asset that's sitting there, boosts the equity, you're not getting the return. You had hoped for, I don't know, 12%, but you're only getting 6%. So how do you explain that to your shareholders and your board? Well, you could boost the return. You've obviously tried that and failed. So the other side is to literally just reduce the E number, reduce the equity, reduce the asset. In other words, that's where the write down comes in. The write down comes in where you say, remember that thing we spent all the money on? Well, we're now going to recognize it on our balance sheet at a lower number. They will tell you it's not cash. It's just accounting trickery. And and they're perfectly right. On the way out, it is not cash. It is literally a number on a balance sheet. They make a decision. They make that number smaller. Now it needs to exit the business, and that's why it impacts the earnings, and that's why they will tell you not to stress it. But it was cash. It was cash on the way in. Kira spent the money to build those schools. British American Tobacco spent that money to buy Reynolds. It was cash on the way in. They've essentially taken a pile of cash, uh, turned it into an asset, and then reduced the price of the asset. Put it another way. They've taken a pile of cash and burnt it, thrown it away. Let's be very clear about what is happening here. Yes, it's not cash on the way out. Yes, it is cash on the way in. And what they're doing is protecting those return on equities, numbers, etc., so that it looks more attractive to investors. And one can't help thinking looks more attractive to numeration committees who are going to pay bonuses. MoneyWeb at Midday is South Africa's fastest-paced audio news and current affairs show. Give me 30 minutes and I'll give you the country and the world. This is what you missed. Jeremy, if you take a very long-term view, you know, and you compare South Africa today to 30 years ago, on many fronts, the country is in infinitely better place. We don't live in that country that used to exist, particularly from a perspective of political participation and civil liberties. Live at noon weekdays and then up as a podcast on moneyweb.co.za. MoneyWeb at Midday with me, Jeremy Max when you need relevant news quickly in your own time. That's it for today. We were chatting with uh, Kubis Lutz yesterday. He, of course, CEO at Pan-African Resources. Strong set of numbers. High production, lower costs, boosting earnings. We asked you if you're holding gold miners. Just over 40% said you don't like the sector. Uh, 30-odd percent said yes, but you're watching that exit closely, and that's a fair shot. The rest are absolutely loving it. Have your vote. Have your say. LinkedIn and Twitter. The show is brought to you by Stanlib. Visit stanlib.com to get in touch with one of their investment specialists. Stanlib Asset Management is an authorized financial services provider.
We're live every weekday morning. The Money Web website's in the app, 6.30 a.m. podcast, just after 7. Thanks to my team, Eddie Nobohle, Nicole, to you for listening, my guests for their time. My name is Simon Brown. This is Money Web Now. We'll chat again Monday. Policy reforms, only way to save mining. You've been listening to another MoneyWeb Now podcast, posted every weekday at 7 a.m. on moneyweb.co.za. MoneyWeb Now, on the money.